Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I check in with Chargers Wire managing editor Gavino Borquez as he gives us the latest on what's going on with the Chargers ahead of their matchup against Kansas City. We take a look back at the long week since the Chiefs last played, featuring press conference sound from Nick Bolton, Harrison Butker, and Andy Reid. We also continue my NFL Combine series, hearing from today's NFL rookies reflect on some of the current Chiefs as well as the team history. Yeah, I feel like uh, me coming back this week, man, was, was a little bit up and down. Um, again, I think I had a little sloppy tackling. Um, kind of clean that up, but I think that's just not going to rust off. But overall, the defense, man, I'm excited for where we're going. Uh, we keep training in the right direction. Uh, guys get more comfortable playing with each other. Um, and, yeah, just executing the game plan. Uh, guys know everybody's going to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, everybody's flying to the football. And the most important thing, we're having fun while we're doing it. Uh, we can keep that up um, every single week, and uh, we'll be special. Nick, you, you ended up finishing the, the last game you played. Just what went on to realize that it wasn't going to hold up and you ended up missing the time just generally? Yeah, man, uh, I kind of just felt, felt my ankle messed up a little bit. Uh, I kind of felt like I got it, it through uh, that game. I uh, kind of went back, looked at, looked at the MRI and stuff, and just, uh, yeah, I just had an ankle sprain. Um, so I was kind of just moving around on it, trying to get comfortable. Um, and I wasn't ready uh, until this week. I tried to get a go last week. Uh, so I moved around a little bit, just didn't feel good uh, on, on the turf. Um, and so I came back this week, and I kind of gave it a go, and it felt great. So uh, if I could keep this going uh, every single week, man, I'd be pretty good. You're 100% now? You're yeah. Nick, what were the things you saw from the defense? Right? Yep. What were the things you saw from the defense at camp that let you know you guys were going to play this way when the season started? Yeah, man, uh, I think uh, it kind of helps when you play football for a very long time. Uh, you only get a, a, a two, two months off. Uh, so everything's kind of pretty much fresh in your mind. Uh, everybody's used to where everybody's supposed to be at, and then it got coming. Uh, uh, guys coming back, playing the same scheme, same positions. Uh, so everybody's playing a little bit faster than what they were last year. Uh, I kind of feel like that kind of attests, attests to everybody's uh, offseason, uh, caring about uh, the product on the football field, and also our coaches, man. They kind of dive in full-fledged full all, all summer, all training camp, all OTAs, and uh, create a plan for us to go out there and be successful. You were out three days, but you were trying to filled in. And yeah. Really just a linebacker court. Mm -hmm. What did you see while you were out that showed you that they were playing the way they yeah, I kind of saw everything I saw on camp. Uh, OTAs, everybody's willing to learn. Everybody going out there trying to execute the game plan, and then ultimately, everybody in our linebacker room wants to win. Um, so they're going to do everything they can in their part uh, to, to, to get to that point, uh, regardless of what it takes. And um, that's what our group is, uh, is about. Uh, that's what we embody, and that's what we try to execute every single day. Nick, what were you doing to make things so yeah, I think uh, Coach Badge did a great job of mixing up looks, um, able to get him in third and longs. Uh, and the first half, uh, third and two and three, is kind of gets kind of difficult uh, to try to try to heat him up a little bit or, or try to get a four-man rush and let Chris and the rest of the D-line go to work. So uh, I think we kind of did a better in the second half, give him a sec uh, second and long, third and long, let our D-line do their thing. And um, ultimately, uh, just getting, getting our uh, DBs, getting hands on wideouts and throwing off their time, and I think that was huge today. What did you see in particular on your interception play? 
Yeah, um, actually, we, we, uh, we played the Vikings last week. Uh, we kind of missed that route. Uh, we call it cafe. Um, so running back to the flat, got a curl and got a vertical route. Uh, we kind of missed it a little bit, about two or three yards, and um, I just knew that play was going to come. Uh, short week, kind of guys just trying to make sure uh, that they hit plays we, didn't, we weren't good at. Um, so I saw the same picture, same play, and I was able to get in that, in that window, uh, make the play. Nick, how huge is it just to get Yeah, man, uh, I think it's huge. Uh, we understand uh, what it takes uh, to win in this, in this league. Um, also, we understand how important it is to play home field, uh, have home, home field advantage all playoffs, uh, and it starts this week. Uh, we got another one coming up next week, and um, we're just trying to hold on home field. Uh, we understand what we can do with our fans uh, and, and patch what he does when he's at home. So, uh, much as we can, we're going to try to try to get home games here and um, win a division. Nick, talk about the Yeah, I definitely think we got at least about four or five starters in our room. Um, just guys coming every single day that can execute, uh, can fly around to the football, get guys in line, uh, and also just communicate uh, as linebackers. And this game is kind of kind of difficult to be able to communicate, get everybody checked up, and then um, also playing, doing your job. Um, but those guys, man, since training camp, OTAs, are kind of just pride themselves and want to learn, want to evolve themselves uh, mentally and learn the scheme. And so, uh, yeah, those guys come in every single day. I, I didn't expect anything else from them. Uh, again, they gave me all the confidence in the world, man, every single week. Uh, that, uh, we got it, man. Just, just get healthy. Um, so uh, they let me, let me do that. And, um, yeah, our defense, often, I mean, uh, our linebacker room, man, is just going to be special uh, going forward. Oh, definitely. You know, if anyone watches me on the sideline, I have my duct tape on the ground. I have measuring tape out, and I just try to be like a robot. And it really does start in the offseason, developing a good foundation. So if I know where I want my steps to be and what I want my technique to look like in the offseason when I get to the season and big kicks, I can just kind of get outside my body a little bit, just rely on, you know, my mechanics and not have to think a ton. And hopefully the balls are going straight through. And, you know, thankfully this season, uh, I've had a lot of kicks where the balls are going right where I want them to. But definitely building that foundation, kicking wise, but also physically and, you know, making sure I'm feeling good. And I talked earlier about hurting that ankle last season. You know, it does mess up, you know, all your lifting, all your sprint work. So when you do come back, you're like struggling to hit the ball as far. But I'm feeling good. And, you know, thankfully the balls are going through. Is there anything that you change mechanic wise, footwork wise, even sort of like you told us before about where you aim your foot for the ball on a Right. I think I really had to be okay with my technique looking different. I used to skip downfield a lot, so my I would plant with my left foot and then skip, you know, maybe at a 45 degree angle, a uh, couple feet downfield. But now, you know, I don't really skip at all, and if I do, sometimes it's straight to the left or almost a little bit backwards. And you know, it's not, you know, perfect technique, but the balls are going through. And as a kicker in year seven. I'm not trying to, you know, be the, the best looking technique kicker there is. If the balls are going through, that's what I'm going to do. And I've had to adapt and evolve. But, you know, I still got a, a pretty decent follow through with the right leg. But, you know, I'm just not skipping downfield as much. But, you know, that's that's really minor stuff. At the end of the day, are the balls going through? That's the most important. You've kicked, obviously, game winners in the Super Bowl. You've been doing this for a long time. What's the feeling like when the ball's midway in the air and the crowd sort of lets you? Well, normally the crowd doesn't let me know, you know, I'll know before the crowd or I should, but it's been a, a lot of fun and it's a blessing to be able to play with the Kansas City Chiefs where, you know, we have a great coaching staff, great uh, team of guys and we're 
fortunate enough to win a lot of games. So I've, I've been put on this pedestal where I am kicking big kicks and it's nothing to do with me as a kicker. It's just I'm on this team and I'm getting the spotlight a lot of times. And, you know, it's just a blessing as a kicker. You, you don't really create kicks, right? You just are given chances to go out there and, and hopefully you, you produce and do well. But I never would have thought I'd, I'd be an NFL kicker now going on seven years and, and still, uh, you know, kicking the ball and feeling good. So just very thankful. Harrison, the 60-yard field goal. Walk us through the process on that one. Did you even think you get an opportunity because there was 15 seconds when you guys got possession, and then all the wind going on? Right. In warm up, I made a 65 yarder with some room to spare, and Coach Tobe loves banging big field goals at the end of the half or end of the game, but our offense is so good, we normally get a, a short field goal or even score a touchdown. So a 60 yarder was definitely, or 61 yarder was definitely in, in our range, and going towards that tunnel, the wind was at my back. And, you know, thankfully it just went inside that left upright, went through and, you know, it's just something we, we practice and we try to be the best we can uh, leading up to the game so that when we get to the games, it just feels smooth and like we're in a rhythm. So 65 yards was your range to that end? 65, you know, I, I don't try to kick a ton of balls in warm-ups, so like in past seasons I'd go back to 70, 72, 74 yards to see what my max was, but this game, you know, I made from 65, okay, probably could make from 68, 69 or something with the win, but yeah, made 65 in the warm-up. Given that you said you altered your technique a little bit, it's a little bit different, did you feel like you needed to see like, a good streak to start the season, just mentally to have uh, you know, it's a good question. I never think about streaks. You know, I always talk about, I always say every kick's a big kick, and I really try to focus on just one kick at a time. But, you know, streaks definitely help for, for confidence and you feel good. But I think the way I've approached pregame warm-ups and practice, I'm hitting less balls, and I'm just trying to be mentally confident going into it. Boom, I can make a big kick without having to warm up a ton in the net, you know, warm up, you know, on the uprights before maybe I'm kicking with the team. It's just trusting, you know, my mechanics and just going out there. So I think I probably came into this year just more mentally confident, not needing to kick a bunch of balls. And because of that, my legs feel better throughout the game and throughout the season. Harrison, it seems like you and Tom are always the first ones to know when did you know that 60-yarder? <laughs> Not until it went through, because that one was flirting with the left to upright, and I knew the wind was a little left to right, so I was hoping it was going to you know, fade to the right a little bit, and, and it did, so very thankful on that. And just want to give a little shout-out to Tommy, who was struggling with the left knee, and the fact that he played, man, he could be the holder, and that helps out me a lot to have someone that I'm familiar with that does a great job. And I definitely would not have had this game, most likely, if we brought in, you know, a different kicker or different holder, different punter. Were you ready to punt? Yes, Tommy. Wow. Oh, it's not good. Oh, uh, were you ready to punt if Tommy didn't go today? <laughs> uh, I don't think they would have asked me. You know, we had some other things in mind potentially, but I punted in high school. I'd rather just not even have to go out there and yeah, do that on the, the NFL stage. So, so how, how much does uh, having a holding you trust go into your process? Oh, you know, he's, he's like my caddy. You know, I can tell him exactly where we want to aim, where we want to have the laces, uh, what lean we want. And, you know, I, could, I know that his holds are really good. He's familiar with James, if, spinning the laces if he needs to. You just are a lot more confident when you have a guy that you trust and has been there and done that. That Broncos took the timeout to give you guys a chance. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to replay in my mind, but 
normally during the games, I'm not even really paying attention to what's going on. I just know we try to get the ball and get long field goals if we can. So I probably was warming up in the net or warming up, taking my steps when the Broncos still had the ball, just in case, you know, we got the ball back. I'll go. Uh, but it, uh, we had some good things that we did. I thought defensively we played our hearts out of that bucker out of and offensively, heck, we had a ton of yards. We just uh, got to take care of business in the in the red zone and get rid of some of the penalties. So, um, but other than that, I, I thought all all three phases contributed, and there were some really good things you could take out of it. And at the same time, there's stuff that plenty of stuff that we have to uh, to work on. So, with that time, yours. We'll go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, hey, Coach, uh, I know you guys are, are getting uh, Charles Amenehu back this week. Uh, just w- was wondering if you could speak to what the front uh, has been through the six weeks and what it means now to add him to that mix. Yeah, so I, listen, I think the front's done a, done a real nice job, uh, you know, with pressure and hitting the quarterback. They've done a pretty good job with, with the run game likewise. And uh, you had Charles in there who – is a good football player um, to the mix. I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him get in there. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to just step right in and play the whole game. One of those things. I, I think we just probably ease him back in and uh, let him get going there. See how he does. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, Pete kind of stole my question a little bit about Amenahue, but I just was wondering what the plan is for him this week. Do you think he'll be uh, uh, up on Sunday against the Chargers? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of that. Um, he, you know, he's been back here and he's staying in shape and or is in good shape. Uh, it's just a matter of getting him, you know, getting him back in there. He, he went through all the camp and worked his tail off and. Um, and he's, he's kept, like I said, he's kept himself in good shape when he's gone here, but it's, uh, um, you know, just a matter of getting back in and getting in the swing of things again. Okay. And, uh, Frank Clark is a free agent now. What, what kind of interest would you have in bringing him back? Now, like I mentioned before, we love Frank, uh, right now, um, you know, we're just talking through some things there and, you know, there are a few things you, you have to, you know, you have to look at when, when you do that. So, um, but that's kind of where we're at. We haven't done anything to this point. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, I know you had a chance to kind of sit back and, and take in all the NFL, and there's been conversations about whether or not you guys are hitting on all cylinders. When you see the Jets do what they did against the Eagles, does it – you know, is that a talking point you take to your team and say, hey, look, you know, we may not have had the prettiest game, but you can see what they're doing. Is that something that you'll share with the team? Is that uh, something that's a conversation? Yeah, I think probably more focus on just getting better at what we're doing. I mean, you know, that's uh, what we've got. <laughs> we've got plenty of things to to take care of uh, without worrying too much about the other other people. But uh, I'll tell you what it does. It, it Tells you the parody. I mean, you sit back and watch these games. It tells you the parody that's going on in this league right now. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's great for all the cities in the league and everybody has a chance. And, uh, that's what the league was striving for, you know, so, but that's, that's kind of where we're at with the other part of that. Yeah. 
Go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Andy. Um, I, I was curious. You guys have talked a lot about um, the need to get, get better on offense, you know, and it's a process. Are there areas you think over these first six games you have gotten better and that you can point to? And what are the areas you need to continue to, especially with, you know, with a guy like Watson maybe out for a while? Yeah, well, I like uh, the way the young rece- receivers have come along. Um, you know, the, the offensive line, every rep they get, they're getting better. And um, so, yeah, no, I think, you know, we're putting up a lot of yards. We, uh, we've just, we've got to eliminate some of the penalties during crucial situations. We've got to uh, take care of the red zone, do a little better job there. Um, and, and, uh, you know, but I sure I like, I like the progress we're making. Why we just got to tighten up a couple things there. Go next to Todd Levo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, coach. I know you probably got a chance to watch a little more football this weekend since you guys played on Thursday. And just generally speaking, there's been maybe just this last week with the defense is kind of taking control of a lot of these games. Have you noticed anything this year league-wide that maybe defenses are catching up to a little bit of the offensive stuff around the league? Yeah, well, a lot of the defenses are doing a great job. Um, creative minds. Uh, you know, we're lucky we have Spags here and <clears throat> and the job that he does with it. So, you know, he's been a head coach, probably deserves to be a head coach again. And uh, to have a guy in that position that, that um, you know, that's that qualified uh, and understands a game like that. I, I, and you're seeing that uh, different places throughout the league. So I think, um, you know, right now defenses are doing well. Oh, a thousand percent. I, I mean, like I said, that versatility, I don't want to lose it. That, that's what gives me my step, my edge, is that I can do, you know, everything when it comes to the run, the pass, and like I said, the uh, pass rush. So that showing that I, I am a, like a solid cover guy in the uh, pass game, I want to make sure that I stay on the field, you know, 24-7. If I can, you know, never come out to play. I do get tired, but I wouldn't come take myself off the field if I don't have to. Uh, what were your thoughts on seeing Jalen Watson, another Washington State guy, in the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, that's a blessing to uh, to come from this stage just last year to to being in the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of guys don't even get that opportunity, you know, through their whole career. You got guys who haven't won a playoff in their whole career, and he goes to the Super Bowl in the first one. I can say I'm a little, you know, jealous, but I haven't gotten my shot yet, so I hope I get that chance. Did you have a chance to speak with the Chiefs? I have, yes, I did. As a former quarterback. Hey, Gavino, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. So, yeah, starting at the top, you have Justin Herbert, who has been pretty solid for the most part this season. Um, He's definitely benefited from having new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Uh, Last couple seasons, he had Joe Lombardi as the OC, and um, he just wasn't allowing him to play to his strengths, which is his arm strength and arm talent. So he wasn't able to push the ball downfield. Um, Kellen Moore has definitely allowed him to do that. And um, since then, he sits atop in in, a, in various categories uh, among the quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he's actually coming off a 
pretty bad game. It may have been the worst of uh, his actual like career um, against the Cowboys. He looked rattled from the pressure. The Cowboys generated a lot of pressure, so he was rattled from that, and uh, and he just looked completely uncomfortable. Was making bad throws, including the interception at the end of the game, which sealed the deal. So. Um, yes, you know, he's having that, he has that injury with his uh, middle finger on his non-throwing hand, but I don't think that was an issue. I just think it was a uh, bad matchup for him. The Cowboys definitely had a great game plan. So he'll be looking to bounce back uh, from that game. And then uh, you have his top weapon, Keenan Allen, who has been pretty solid uh, for the most part. He's now over 500 receiving yards. He's up to four touchdowns, and uh, he's benefited from the loss of Mike Williams, who is out with a torn ACL for the remainder of the season. So, you know, not only has it been his safety blanket um, on third downs, but uh, Kellen Moore has used him in uh, different ways, uh, allowing him to um, be used as more of an intermediate to, to deep threat as opposed to a uh, short uh, to intermediate options so you know he continues to get up open he's one of the most savvy route runners in the league and then opposite him, of him is uh, Joshua Palmer um, who also had another pretty good game um, he's actually been solid the past two games ever since Williams went down um, just like uh, Keenan Allen he's finds ways to get open um, he's not necessarily a guy who's going to be a burner and win with speed, uh, but he's been a reliable target. And then everyone probably wants to know about uh, first-round pick Quentin Johnston. Uh, he just hasn't had his opportunities. Like he is just building that chemistry with Justin Herbert still, and um, you know it's going to take time. Like coming out of TCU uh, this past year, he was a raw uh, prospect. You know he has the size, speed combination. But from like a route running standpoint, um, you know, TCU didn't have him like run an expanded route tree. So he's struggling in that department. Um, and then again, with his hands, those were an issue too. So just with drop balls, uh, we, we saw that a little bit in the preseason training camp. But again, um, I think he'll be fine. I don't know if he'll be heavily involved as much as Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, and Austin Eckler. But it's going to take time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it... Uh, you know, it takes until the end of the season for him to really come into his own um, and just start to develop that chemistry with Justin Herbert. The Chargers have their core players, uh, who Chiefs fans are familiar with, Derwin James, uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, um, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, but the one player that I want to highlight is their second-round pick, Tuli Tuipolotu. Um, he's by far been their best rookie this season. Um, and he's definitely up there in terms of this best overall rookies in the entire league. Um, guy's only 21 years old, but he's playing like he's, you know, 26. Uh, whether it's generating pressure on opposing quarterbacks or defending the run, uh, Tua Pelotu is always around the football. And uh, he's been consistent. Uh, he's been benefited from uh, Joey Bosa being uh, out or on a limited snap count with a toe injury. And... Um, Again, like he just so much more polished and refined than most players his age. And he's benefited from 
having Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa in the edge defender room, and you can see that. Um, but whether it's going speed to power, just using his motor and effort to chase the football, like Tua Pelotu is definitely a player to watch out for in this game. My prediction for this game is a Chiefs win. Um, I'm going to go with 27 to 24. I expect points in this game. Uh, when these t- two teams play, they always have quite a bit of points on the scoreboard and they always play each other pretty close too. Um, the Chargers are going to Arrowhead, which again is one of the most hostile environments, but they've always played them close, whether it's Arrowhead or SoFi Stadium. And um, I think the Chiefs have more rest, you know, coming off that Thursday night matchup, whereas the Chargers are going to have uh, short rest. So, you know, I definitely think that plays a factor. Uh, the Chargers, two and three, they're hungry to get back to 500. They're hungry to get into the playoff hunt. Um, and then whereas the Chiefs are just really damn good and they continue to be the uh, the kryptonite to the, the Chargers. But, you know, I think that fourth this game um you know they're able to to score some points uh but at the end i just think you know the chiefs know how to close out games whereas the chargers don't so i have kansas city winning 27 to 24 i want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode please follow us on x at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.